The Golden State Warriors are just one win away from a world championship. They're fourth in eight years. The dynasty continues, but they still got to win one more. And Brian Witt, who has been with me for this whole ride, former writer for the Golden State Warriors, former writer for NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, I'm going to implore him on today's show to create a sub stack so we can continue writing and make some money off it. And because we need some great content out there, Brian, and you've done it before. And I think you can continue doing it. But that's a side note. We're going to talk Warriors. We're going to preview a, a game six. That is the magnitude of it is just undescribable. It's huge. It's a big it's, one. It's it's big. It's yeah. It's, it's just no proper way, I think, to proper to, to give a description. But we're going to break it down. Brian Witt, I think you you have championship rings. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you that actually when we start the show because I, that that alone just is mind blowing to me. But we're gonna break it all down. This is the preview show. This is the last show before Game Six, and let's hope uh, when I when you see me again, we're gonna be talking about the Warriors being the new World Champions of the NBA. But we're gonna have to break it down. And we're gonna good. do some next. <laughs> this is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Arcade One Up. Locked On, Locked On is partnering with Lock with geez, Locked On is partnering with Arcade One Up to give away three NBA Jam Shack machines. Stay tuned for later in the show to learn how to enter. You can follow Brian Witt on Twitter at Witnessed with an extra T in there to represent his last name. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. Brian, we are here. It's it's technically a game away, but this is the last show we're going to be uh, producing before Game 6 tips off. Give us your initial feedback, your initial thoughts on just what has led to where we are now and what you think is going to happen in Game 6. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying not to get us ahead of myself here, right? Um, obviously, the, the job is not finished, and if any organization knows that all too well, it's the Warriors. Um, don't mean to bring back uh, rough memories, but still fresh in my mind. Um, but as I Same, was brother. Same. sort of um, <laughs> yeah. reliving ahead, the sorry. aftermath of uh game five the other night i was just kind of struck by um the unlikelihood that the warriors season took the path that it did um you know i i had hoped that the warriors would be able to get back to to this stage um i certainly believed uh you know that with a healthy core of Steph, Clay, and Draymond, having seen firsthand for so many years what they were able to accomplish, you know, I had supreme confidence in their ability to 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 revive the the franchise. Right. Having said that, I don't know if I really truly believed that they would be able to 
get within, as of now, one game of winning their fourth title in eight years. And um, it's really just quite an amazing accomplishment. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. You can look at um, the journey in terms of events that have taken place. You can go back to the the end of the 2019 finals when Durant and Clay had those horrible injuries, and you know throughout NBA history, there aren't many examples throughout professional sports history. There aren't many examples of franchises that have endured that kind of uh, hardship to their top performers and Mm -hmm. return to an elite level within a couple of years. And granted the the couple of years in between were not close to elite. um, But I think that adds to the, magnificence of of this season that they've had you can look at the composition of the roster uh and how much or little they've gotten out of um guys that they were or maybe weren't counting on i mean uh they have two teenagers on the team uh plus James Wiseman occupying a roster spot. That doesn't happen uh, where <laughs> you, you're you the best team in the league and you have 20% of your roster occupied by guys who have are in their basically first NBA season. Um, you know, they, Clay didn't come back until midway through the year. Uh, Draymond was out a long time. Uh, it's it's really amazing. I I, I just I, like I said, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, right, right. And, I hear you, man. And I hear you. And they'll they will if if they don't win the championship, they'll say that you know it wasn't a, necessarily a a full success. Um, but just to be in this spot, I think, really speaks to the quality of the organization uh, and the the talent that they have in that building and on the court you know it's not just the guys that are putting the ball in the hoop it's the guys that are you know breaking down tape in the wee hours of the morning it's the guys in the front office who are are debating which guys are going to fit together the best yes it Uh, is so really just uh hats off to the warriors for for getting to this point and um I I'm still uh, cautiously confident that they're gonna be able to to finish it off. Um, but really, yeah, I just I, I'm I've been thinking a lot about just the like I said the unlikelihood that their season took the the path that it did. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I wrote an article. I don't do much writing anymore for a good probably 15 years of my life. I was, you know, one of my jobs was writing and, and I was, you know, producing print content and, um, I know one the of the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yes, you do. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, and, and you know, one of the articles I wrote was a warrior's preview back in 2021, uh, 2020. I'm sorry. This was the, a year two of the, of the, you know, the, whatever you want to call this little two year gap where the Warriors regrouped and, and re-energized and rebuilt in some ways. Uh, but I, I honestly thought 
that the Warriors could have been championship contenders even a year earlier if Kelly Oubre would have maximized his potential and his fit with his team. Um, because I do think I, I saw what Bob Myers saw in him, which is a, an incredible athletic player who at six eight could defend, could penetrate. Um, his three point shooting statistically was actually fine. Um, but then he came to the Warriors and it just showed that he just was not a fit for the system. He he favored ISO ball. His shooting was streaky. Um, he did not give the type of effort that is, uh, uh, you know, symbolic of what the Warriors put out on a nightly basis. Um, and then coupled with various injuries, coupled with the fact that Kent, Kent, players like Kent Bazemore and Brad Wanamaker became your starters or heavy minute guys. And, you know, that dream got crushed fast. Um, but, you know, and then, but then when they came back this year and you see players like Otto Porter Jr. at it, I also saw Gary Payne the second and I started, I saw greatness in that kid and I call him a kid. He's like 29 now, but, uh, you know, like a, a year and a half ago, like when he was, when he was playing late in the season last year, um, I think he showed a lot of people that he belongs on this team and that he belongs in the NBA and that he has tremendous value. Um, even having Andre Iguodala back, I thought was such a tremendous positive, even though he hasn't given the minutes that the Warriors were hoping for his, his role on that bench as a, as a mentor, um, almost as a calming, calming presence for Draymond Green has been invaluable. Um, he, he really is, if anyone can kind of correct Draymond Green's, um, you know, mentality when he's starting to get overly emotional on the court, it's, it's Andre. Um, and, and to see them where they are now, it's just, uh, it's it's I mean, if you love the Warriors, this is just phenomenal. You know, I mean, me as a sports fan, going back to when I was a kid, if there's one thing I've I've truly found appreciation for and if it's something I really love, it's it's dynasties. I just I love organizations and teams and individuals that, you know, put that extra commitment in because it's so special to form a dynasty, given how difficult it is. It's the hardest thing to accomplish in sports. And even teams like the Yankees, who people hate, I I I, I don't, they're on my team. I don't, I don't root for them, but I respect the hell out of them. I, you know, I love them for, I know, but, but I respect them so much for, for, I mean, not in recent years, but just for the longevity. Obviously I grew up with the eighties, nineties, San Francisco 49ers, and I got spoiled rotten, but I also saw firsthand what it takes to create something that unique and special, which is a dynasty. We, you know, Brian, I don't know what your age is. I don't know if you remember Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls. Uh, in the 1990s and the level of greatness they achieved. I mean, Michael Jordan to me is hands down the goat. Um, I don't see anyone approaching his level of greatness just in the sense of never losing in the NBA finals and making players uh, who were great in their own regard never reach their full potential because of just how much better he was. Um, you know, there's a list of dynasties you can you can think of, you know, and and like the Warriors, if they win this game on Thursday night, tomorrow night, we're recording this on Wednesday June 15th at 11.24 a.m. Um, I really do think the Warriors are going to be in that discussion with the 60s Celtics, with the 80s Lakers, with the 90s Bulls, and with the 2000 and 2010 San Antonio Spurs. The Warriors are about to enter that elite group. That is the pentulum of greatness. And what we are witnessing here is just so special. Um, you know, and when the series started, my, I was telling people in terms of predictions, my brain says warriors in five, my heart says warriors in seven, just because I am emotionally connected to this team. And, you know, it's, it's, I want them to win. So my heart is also emotionally conflicted here because, you know, you always expect the worst in life. <laughs> At least I do a lot of times, um, you know, pessimism starts to run into your brain. 
but my brain just kept keeps telling me this is easily the best team in the NBA and they're going to take care of business. Um, I, I don't want to make any hard predictions because to win in Boston twice is going to be such a difficult uh, achievement. But I also do think the Warriors will do this in six. I do under I think they understand the magnitude of this. They've been there before in 2015 when they closed out the Cavaliers in six. Um, I seeing I'm seeing a lot of similarities there. Uh, I think in Game Five in the first quarter they showed themselves and the Celtics that when they bring that level of aggressiveness, they're unbeatable. Um, and, and what they showed in that first quarter in game five with Stephen Curry's shooting struggles was just exemplary. It was just marvelous. Um, you know, I can rave forever about it. Uh, so that was, you know, that was I, their best defensive quarter in years. Um, absolutely. In a long time. Absolutely right, man. And, and if they can do that and I think they can, I think they're going to win game six and put this way. I don't think the Warriors want to even think about a potential game seven, just because in a winter game, take all scenario, anything could happen. A fluke can reward a team, a world championship. And I don't think the Warriors want to see themselves in that position. So, um, you know, we're going to break this down a lot more. I want to first give some love to a longtime sponsor of ours, prize picks. And, and Brian, I'd like to get you involved because I've been talking about prize picks <clears throat> excuse me, and how it's really become like a, a source of entertainment for me, just in the sense of how fun it could be. So I'm going to share my screen to show you my prize picks account. Uh, I've been so afraid in this series that I've not been making bets, but I, I've certainly been entertaining them. And, and the premise for prize picks is super easy. And look, I'm in California and I was able to create a, an account here, which is awesome. Um, it's sort of gambling. It's sort of not. I mean, you are putting money uh, at risk here, but you're, it's all about betting over unders on individuals and you could bet over unders on points, assists, rebounds, a combination of points, rebounds, and assists, uh, their fantasy score, uh, three pointers made. These are new stats here. Three pointers made in the first six minutes. So, and then you just bet the over under and you got to make a minimum of two picks. Uh, so for example, in game six, you can bet an over under of 28 and a half for Stephen Curry. You can bet an over and or under on Clay Thompson, 19 and a half. We're talking game six, Clay. I think that's a solid over. Um, Brian, while you're looking at my screen, if anything sticks out to you, please let me know because that Clay Thompson OU looks phenomenal. 19 and a half. Um, I'm loving that. Uh, you know, Andrew yeah. Wiggins, go ahead. Sorry, please jump in at any point. Anything look well, good? Well, I, I, uh, as, as much as I expect Steph to, bounce back from his uh poor shooting performance in game five um as you've pointed out it is game six and um look i i i can't explain it but clay just becomes a different animal when it's game <laughs> it's six and uh i just uh there are some other factors like uh, the warriors are due They've been due for a good three-point shooting game. I, I've got Correct. some stats that I can throw at you in a bit. Um, and so, you know, just the longer the series goes on, the more you expect that to finally occur. And um, I do think that, uh, you know, the Warriors, um, due to their prior finals experience, are going to come into this game with a killer instinct. And yes. um, I, they've been in this kind of environment before. And so of those options uh, in terms of points, uh, the, the clay looks appetizing to me. 
Ooh. And then I don't know if it's uh, if it's just solely individual or if there's team uh, total options. But yeah, as weird as it's yeah. individual, yeah. So I would probably look uh, into those those three point props too. Ooh, just let's because, look at those. like I said, uh, here we go. So Steph, uh, so Clay, are you right? And that's another one. All you got to do is bet on a minimum of two of them. So I, if you bet on the clay over with points and the clay over on three pointers made, which is three and a half, I do think that's a relatively safe bet. Um, I'm not, I'm not encouraging it. I can't promise anything. I am not Notre Dameus, but that does look like a damn good uh, uh, pick. Here, continue on, please, Brian. Sorry. Well, I, th I think one thing you can count on is that Clay is going to keep shooting uh, in Game Six, no matter what's going on, right? So if the Warriors are are playing well and they're in the lead. Um, chances are that that means that, uh, you know, the, the offense is, is performing well and, and hopefully Clay's been a part of that. If for some reason that, uh, you know, the game is getting away from the Warriors and it ends up, um, you know, ultimately being a, a blowout win for the Celtics, let's say, um, Clay's still going to have license to shoot away um, for at least the, the first three and a half quarters probably so yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah absolutely I, I, that'd be something that i would look at no i'm i'm a, i'm absolutely with you um one of the weird stats too that that i was mentioning uh the last time uh, we had a price picks read was turnovers um just because i feel like the, the celtics are just i mean that is their kryptonite clearly i mean they they they're they can be careless with the ball but at the same time when I, when I hear all this talk about the Celtic turnovers, I we have to give the Warriors defense respect, too. They're causing a lot of these turnovers with their hands, with Gary Payne's defense, Draymond Green's defense, Andrew Wiggins' defense, Stephen Curry's underrated defense. Um, so the turnover number is something that sticks out to me as well, like the Jason Tatum three and a half. I could see that happening. You know, the Draymond two and a half, you never know. That could go over. The point is there's a lot of stats here. You can bet on assists even. Um, like Stephen Curry, I think it's a safe bet. He'll get over five and a half assists. He'll get six or more, but who knows? But prize picks is fantasy made easy. It's a ton of fun. Um, and and again, all you have to do is just, you know, make make a, a minimum of two picks and hope for the best. And for a limited time, prize picks has an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores just a single point but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for $50 free. If a player in your first prize picks entry scores just a single point. You are locked on warriors, your daily golden state warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. The ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders are all a part of it. First pick is June 16th, so search ultimate NBA mock draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. You can follow Brian Witt on Twitter at Witnessed, an extra T in there representing his last name. Brian, you said you had some incredible stats uh, pertaining to uh, three-point shooting. I'm all ears. Uh, go for it, please. Oh, yeah. Let me see if I, I – I tweeted these out before game five, so they're not updated. Um, okay. But it'll 
it'll speak to um, the the how do the the Warriors are to to finally start making some some threes um, right. because as we know they did not shoot it well from three in game five so these stats are actually even worse um, so coming <laughs> into game five they were shooting only twenty five point nine percent on corner threes uh in the finals right which is uh that would rank dead last in the nba by a large margin during the regular season uh it's 10 it's roughly 10 percentage points below what they shot from the corners during the regular season and what they had shot from the corners uh through the first three rounds of the playoffs so um you know it's not just a whether this were a one series or during the regular season, it, these are numbers that you you look at who's on the Warriors roster. You expect the, the corner three statistically is is um, is is the the, the highest uh, rate three pointer. Um, so naturally, you would expect that they would be able to start converting those at a higher rate. They didn't in Game Five. Uh, hopefully that means that, uh, they're going to start falling in game six. I do think that they're going to need a, um, a pretty good three point shooting night, uh, in order to close it out on the road. The other one is, uh, coming into game five, they had only shot 33.3% on wide open threes, which is defined as the nearest defender is six feet or more away. So we're talking just no no defense no nothing and they're only they've only made a third of those three pointers going into game five and they missed several more in game five so uh that is again substantially lower than what they shot um on wide open threes in the western conference playoffs in the regular season it would rank dead last in the nba uh so again They've got the two greatest shooters in the history of the game. Uh, Agreed. You know, it's uh, it 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 doesn't make sense that they're struggling so much on what you would imagine are the easiest three point shots. So You're right. Um, I do. I thought that was de- I thought that was an opportunity for them as a way to uh, win Game Five. They managed to win Game Five despite not improving in those areas. Um, which I, I think the Celtics really let one get away there. Um, not that the Warriors didn't deserve that win, but I just think the Celtics, you know, if they lose this series, are really going to no, be looking back if, on you know, I, I, no, And just to piggyback off that, you're right. If the Celtics had any chance in this series, they needed to capitalize on that, and they failed to. And just to, and just to add perspective for these three-point numbers that you're throwing out there, because I totally agree with you. It is not a matter of if, but I think it's a matter of when, uh, the Warriors revert back to the mean in terms of their three-point shooting, and they did not do that in Game 5. They shot 9 for 40 for 22.5% shooting from beyond the arc. That is not going to continue. Stephen Curry, Andrew Wiggins, Otto Porter Jr. combined to go 0 for 17 from beyond the arc. That is not continuing. <laughs> and you continue on, please. Well, and, that, and that's always a, you know, a great way to to win on the road, right? A three yep. point variance tends to play a big factor and um, yes, sir. they're going to have to find a way to, to find um, 
offense, you know, in what is going to be probably the uh, toughest environment they've played in all season long. So um, I do think the Warriors uh, experience, the the Warriors finals experience factor has played more of a factor as the series has gone on. Obviously, it didn't play much of a factor in game one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was a new opponent too, Brian. It was, it was a new opponent. They had to figure these guys out, you know. But I'm with you too. But but I think you know as as we've seen the last couple games, uh, particularly in the late game offenses, I think you can see that the Celtics are have played a little tight, um, and. Uh, maybe second guessing themselves a little bit where, um, you know, the Warriors, I think have been just uh, much, they've been better prepared for those moments. Um, And so I do wonder, you know, if it's a close game uh, midway through the fourth in game six, how, how do the two sides react to that situation? Um, You know, do the Celtics having never been in this situation before? Um, do they? Does it get to them even more? Do the Warriors capitalize on that? I'm, I'm really interested to see really how um, the Celtics, in particular, uh, react to the stressful situation they're about to enter. Absolutely right, man. And uh, to 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 veer sideways for a second here, not in a negative, but we got to pay bills. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. I'm on BetOnline.net right now, and the line has been consistent this entire series. The home team has always been favored by either three and a half or four and a half. And for game six, the Boston Celtics are favored to beat the Warriors by three and a half points. The money line is minus 165 for the Celtics, plus 145 for the Golden State Warriors, the over under 209 and a half. Any of those numbers stick out to you as something you would recommend? Or are you like me and thinking, I, I have no idea? <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know if I should touch that. I personally will not be uh, wagering on on this game, but my general philosophy is that uh, if you ha- if you're moderately confident in the Warriors, you might as well uh, go for the money line. Uh, Absolutely. Why not? You're a smart man, sir. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. And I want to give some love as well to Arcade One Up. I mentioned them at the beginning of the show. Uh, th- this is actually a Thursday read, but since I started it, I got to finish it. You folks have a chance to get the Shack edition of NBA Jam. Uh, it's back. This is a game that I personally love playing as a kid. And Arcade One Up is giving away a NBA Jam Shack edition to a locked on listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win NBA Jam Shack edition console. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? 
Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course the big boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So is Brian Witt on Twitter. You could follow him on Twitter at Witnessed, where I am going to implore you, Brian, to start your own Warriors column on Substack. The people want it. Give the people what you want. And plus, you can make some money off that as just a side income doing what you love. Um, and just come on here and promote it every week, man. We'll talk Warriors. I, I I hope you do so, man. I think that would be a phenomenal venture for you. By the way, Brian, as when you're part of the Warriors, uh, you actually got your own championship ring. Is that correct? And if so, how many of them do you have? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I have three championship rings. Uh, wow. From uh, 15, 17, and 18. Wow. Uh, they are probably my most prized possessions. Um, as someone <laughs> who, would you, who if a bur- who grew up. You, but if a burglar, if a burglar came to you armed and said, either give me your baby or give me your three rings. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> you can have the rings. You can have the rings. Uh, but, uh, no, as someone I'm who sorry, man. I just I, up, I, I, <laughs> I would cherish those rings so much, dude. That I'm so happy for you that you have that. That's some someone wild who stuff, grew man. up rooting for the Warriors through all the down years, uh, who didn't know didn't know what it was like to even imagine that there would be days where the Warriors were atop the NBA. I mean, it just was not you were just bombarded with year after year of hopelessness that it just was not something that you even imagined. Oh yeah. So, uh, being able to work for the team that I grew up rooting for was certainly a a dream in itself, but to, to be a part of it for the, the greatest run in franchise history, um, is, I mean, timing is everything in life. And and I arrived with the Warriors in May 2012, right before they drafted Harrison Barnes, Festus Azili, and Draymond Green. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, they've made a lot of uh, key draft picks over the years, none bigger than Steph, obviously, Clay. Um, but I always look at that draft as sort of the one that really, um, you know, Steph and Clay were lottery picks. Draymond was the thing that tied it all together. If they don't pick him in the second round, who knows what what happens with the the organ the team? You know what? Do they? I don't know. I, who knows? Could could have been yeah. just more uh, of the same old Warriors that I was used to growing up. So, um, yeah. So the the great um, in in addition to just the experience of of going through those championship. Um, seasons with with the team and getting you know to to witness so much of it firsthand um the uh all all the employees um all the full-time employees got uh championship rings of their own granted 
I don't have the same ring as Steph. I know. Okay? Yeah, I like, figured that. It's, uh, <laughs> I figured that, but still, um, I mean. <laughs> always assume that. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, um, and, of course, they deserve uh, something much more extravagant. Um, but nonetheless, uh, they are... Uh, they are nice to look at and I don't, I don't wear them often. Um, I might, you know, uh, if the Warriors uh, complete this, uh, this championship, whether it's tomorrow night or uh, in game seven, maybe I'll uh, have a, a post game old fashioned uh, and clink my rings against the glass, um, you know, but uh, it's, um, it's just some, those, they're sort of something tangible uh, that I can always look back on as as sort of how lucky I was to to be there when I was, um, and really just uh, how how special that portion of my um, life was for me because uh, you know I. I sports um as you know it's it's a very competitive industry and it's not easy to get into and you can correct you can end up anywhere um and and it takes a lot of only one team wins every year right so um i was incredibly lucky uh to to witness everything that i did uh, no pun intended there with the last name but uh <laughs> um and though I don't, uh, though I won't be getting a, a fourth championship ring if if they win it uh, win it this time, uh, I'm just fine with that. I uh, I will be um, celebrating it, and and also um, I, I tweeted this out, you know, before the series started. Um, but my my old coworkers that are still with the Warriors. I hope they end up with more championship rings than I do. So I hope so too. I hope so too. Um, and you know, I, 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 for people who don't understand that for us older school warriors fans and how tortured we were for decades, uh, Bill Simmons wrote just a, a masterful column back in, I believe 2012. Um, it, it's not hard to find. It was when he was writing for Grantland. Just look it up. It's uh, it's just, you know, he's talking about the goal. Like the warriors. 64 things that, you know, it, that the Warriors had to endure to get to the, the heights of it's there. Not, like I, mean, I, I respect Simmons for that column so much because he really nailed everything. Um, and I love Simmons personally, man. I, I've, I've listened to very few podcasts. His is one of them. I just, you know, I just have two gripes against him. One being that he, I really do think he needs to make things right with Rick Barry. He did, he defamed him. I mean, he just defamed him on two different occasions and make it right, Bill. Bring Rick on your show and get his side of the story. And then if, if, you realize that you what you've written is wrong and a lie, like it blatantly is in your book. Um, just apologize, man. Just be a man about it. Uh, and then uh, you know, uh, and then this season, this whole season, he has just disrespected the Warriors so much. He even on his last show to hear him tortured was music to my ears. Um, but at the same time, like him and his colleague both said, you know, like this Warriors team doesn't look like a championship team. And I'm, I'm sorry, I wholeheartedly disagree. This is very much a championship team it might just might the only thing that looks different about it is they don't have this imposing dominating center uh on the roster but kevon looney is doing a fine job in that position and then some and i'm sorry but this team is championship through and through they got the medal they got the talent 
Um, you know, and and Brian, you brought up 2016 as this this memory and moment that tortures all of us who love the Warriors. There is one bright side that came from that, though, which is, and it's it goes with anything in life where. You know, failures are only failures if you don't take a lesson from it. And I think the Warriors learn from that series not to take your opponent lightly ever again, no matter where you are in the series. Um, and so as, as the Warriors enter this game six of the Garden, um, those memories are still very fresh in their minds. And I don't think they want to rehash that and face a potential game seven in Oakland or I'm sorry, in Oakland in San Francisco, uh, where, again, anything could happen. So. Um, you know, I'm not going to go so far as to predict the Warriors are going to win game six. You know, I, I like to save my predictions for what I'm feeling confident about it. But I do I do think they will win. I just um, I just I just I don't know. This is where, you know, my my loyalty to the team is stepping in. And I just cannot be that bold and say they're going to win just because I do respect the Celtics as well. But my brain is telling me they're going to do it. Uh, my heart is just, you know, it's 2016 destroyed us, man. It's you know, there's a scar there permanently from that. And. So until they finish the job, my heart's constantly telling me, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Just let, you know, just play it safe. But my brain is telling me they're gonna win game seven and uh or game six. Um, and then uh, uh Stephen Curry, keep wearing those purple shoes. There's something going on there. Uh talking about good juju. I don't know if you've been following that. They're they're four and oh when he wears those purple shoes. So I'm guessing he's gonna be putting those on again um in, in game six. Any last comments, any last thoughts? Uh, as the Warriors go into game six with a chance to win their fourth world title in eight years. In fact, I do. Um, and I, I'll make this quick. Oh, I can't I hear actually, you. Did you mute yourself? Going. Oh, one second. Let me. Uh, let's as, see. as Brian tries to figure out uh, what's going on with his audio. Can you hear me now? No, I still cannot hear you. Um, there is a small possibility you might have to just leave and come right back, Brian. Uh, yeah, just close your, close the window, click on the link I emailed you and just come right back every once in a while. Um, audio issues are resolved there. Oh, and he came right back. Let's see if he's working now. Talk to me, Ryan. Oh, now I can't hear you. Uh, oh, on. but I can hear you. Give me, give me one minute. I'll come right back. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So Brian Witt's got to figure that technical issue out real fast. Um, and again, I really do hope Brian, by the way, does create his own sub stack. Um, what a platform that is for independent journalists uh, who have already established themselves and have earned the credibility to be independent. Um, because I really think if Brian Witt starts writing columns, uh, a lot of people, myself included, are going to gobble that up. There's only a few people on this planet whose writing I read uh, when it comes to sports and the Warriors. Uh, Connell Turno is one of them. I think he is a masterful journalist uh, covering this team. Um, and like I said, Brian Witt, uh, when he was writing columns for uh, NBC Sports Bay Area, I would read those. I would res I respected those tremendously. Like Monty Poole, when he writes, I, I love to read his content. Like I said, there's there's very few, but uh, Brian and there. Hopefully, we got him back. I hope he creates a Substack. We have can you hear me now. I hear you. Can can you can hear, hear me? me? Cool. I hear you. Sorry about that. Yes. It's okay. Go ahead. It's the, okay. The We're all good. Finish crust. up your thought. What do you think is going to happen uh, a, 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 for your final game six prognostication and just any final thoughts or words uh, as the Warriors pursue their, their what will hopefully be by the end of tomorrow night, their fourth world title in eight years? Yeah, so really quickly, I, I just want to address uh, Brian Win, Winhorse's comments uh, about please, the, the Warriors game five win. Um on the broadcast after the game, as many 
people have, have now found out uh, or watched, um, he referred to the Warriors win as a quote checkbook win um, because of basically the role that Andrew Wiggins played in it and the fact that Andrew Wiggins makes $30 million and uh, that the Warriors total payroll, including luxury tax is the most in the league. And somehow that that has created an unfair, uh, it's, it, he said, it's not a level playing field to which um, I would say, how um, I, it, it's, I, I, I really, I really cannot believe that he's, he, he actually went on um, Bay Area Radio today and, and kind of stood by it. Um, let me just put it point blank. The Warriors have not done anything that other teams can't do. Uh, they have, there's a salary cap. There's a luxury tax. Uh, there are penalties that are enforced for, um, for having high team salaries that are punitive. Um, the Warriors, uh, Joe Lacob is not even among the 20 richest NBA owners. Uh, the Warriors built their own arena through private funding. They drafted their dynastic core. All of them have now added to that with, future members of this hopeful dynastic core in Jordan Poole. And then hope we'll see what becomes of the teenagers. Uh, they, they didn't, it's not as if they were the only ones able to trade for what was believed to be arguably the worst contract in the NBA at the time when the Warriors traded for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, it's just, Pure, it's a purely absurd comment that is not based in in logic. Um, and really, to me, it just seems like sour grapes. It uh, does. It does. Brian exactly Warhorse is. Is, is, uh, is a great reporter, um, but I do think it's worth noting that, you know, he covered the Cavs for a long time. He covered LeBron in high school before that. Right. Correct. Uh, having spent a lot of time around those those Warriors Cavs series, I can just confidently say that um, he and I were pulling for different teams in 2015, <laughs> and I and so I think that that has something to do with it. Um, you know, but the fact of the matter is that the there's the um, only once in the last. 10 years has the team with the highest payroll won the championship. And do you know what team that was? Gold State Warriors? The 2016 Cavs. Oh, oh, look at you. Look at you stumping me. Bravo, Brian. Incredible. So, um, incredible. You know, it's just, it's just, and he, and he said that he was, he was actually complimenting the Warriors. I heard that this morning. um, I heard that too. (laughs) Insane. But if you go back and listen, he, he might have been complimenting the ownership, but he wasn't complimenting Andrew Wiggins. Oh, or, or it was a backhanded the, compliment, Brian. It was very backhanded. I mean, yeah. Andrew Wiggins just had the greatest game of his life, and you you try to to you know tear away at it by saying, "Oh, it's not. It wasn't as good as it was because the Warriors have. It's not a level playing field. Come on." 
No, you're uh, absolutely right, man. And then I, I he just... went on to say that he still thinks that the Celtics are the better team in the series. So how is it not a level playing field? And I, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, no, you. I think you look, said it perfectly. So... You said it perfectly, Brian. This is the same individual that that was saying that Luka Doncic almost single-handedly would beat the Warriors as well. So I, I, I don't take those comments seriously. I don't see how you can. Um, and just to add to that, the only way a team can have a payroll this high is if you draft as well as the Warriors have, because all that talent is homegrown. So these are contracts, max contracts given to homegrown talent who have been with the team as long as they have. Um, and even Andrew Wiggins, again, when you trace his history back, that, that history goes back to draft the talent, Harrison Barnes. Um, that salary slot just turned into Kevin Durant, who turned into D'Angelo Russell, who turned into Andrew Wiggins. Um, it's, it, it is a sour grapes. It, there's a lot of envy out there in terms of the Warriors' success. Uh, it's the ugly side of human nature, you know. And yeah, you're you know, you, what you said was very astute. I think you said it eloquently. <laughs> it's we'll, great we'll leave it at that. We got yeah. a, we got a big game six to focus on. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I think the Agreed. Warriors are going to show up. Uh, we'll see if that's enough. Uh, if they need to come out with the same sort of defensive intensity that they did in game five, if they do that, I think they'll put themselves in a position where they, they'll have a chance to win it uh, at the end. So I, uh, I wholeheartedly yeah, I'm excited. agree. As as, I'm stressed. Yeah, me too, man. I'm pumped. And I really think fun. as long as just Steve Kerr, do not forget about your bench. Gary Payton the second got you here. Even Nemanja Bielitsa, give him those 10 minutes. Um, and then I just really think St uh, Stephen Curry sees the significance of this game. He's going to have a solid performance. No chance in hell he's going 0 for 9 from 3 again. And then Game 6 Clay, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, I think is going to continue. Um, the mystique, uh, you know, that, just... That would the, be the, quite the... Uh... Quite the poetic ending to the season, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Clay puts it and away. Game six I mean, Clay, yeah, and Game 6 Clay's never been put in a position to win a championship. So I'm particularly excited to see this. This is uh this is gonna be this is I'm excited, man. I'm I'm very excited. I guess technically he has back in 2015, but that clay game six clay didn't really emerge at that point yet. Um, so yeah, we'll see, man. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll let's hope for a great game six. And let's hope that when we reconvene, uh, we'll reconvene with the Golden State Warriors winning their fourth world title in eight years. Brian, I can't thank you enough for all the contributions you've been doing and you're going to continue doing. As long as you want to come on the show, the door is always open for you. You can follow Brian Witt on Twitter at Witnessed with an extra T in there. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho and this program on Twitter at LockedOnDubs. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, everyone. Later. Thanks, Ryan.